You are now listening to the Keys and Anklets podcast, your one-stop source for frank and honest information about the hot wife and cuckold lifestyles. You can find this episode on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio, or you can head to www.keysandanklets.com and subscribe right from the website. Now, let's get to the good stuff with the host who separates fact from fiction, Michael C. Hey everyone, how you doing? This is your host Michael C, and I want to welcome you back to another episode of the Keys and Anklets podcast. Uh, with me today, I am joined by uh, Scott and Kennedy. Now, a little bit about Scott and Kennedy. I've actually known them for for some time. They are a cuckold couple out on the West Coast, and just because of life happening, haven't been able to get them on the show. Um, been trying. Swing and miss, swing and miss, swing and miss. Finally, the stars have lined up, and I, I have them here with me tonight. And I think you all are going to be fascinated to to hear their to hear their journey. So first, we're actually going to talk to Kennedy, and then later on in the interview, we will bring her husband uh, Scott on, and we'll talk to him. So Kennedy, why don't you say hi to everyone? Hi, everyone. <laughs> so <laughs> let me uh, let me be the first to welcome you to the to the podcast. Thank you for being here. I know that you've been uh, a listener for some time, so thank you for for freeing some time up to, uh, to talk with us. Yeah, I'm glad we could finally do it. <laughs> okay. So let's go ahead and, and, and jump right into it. Okay. You guys are a cuckold couple. So yes, we are just to kind of give everybody a little history. I'm going to ask a few questions. How long have you two known each other? 20, almost 23 years. Okay. 23 years. And how long have you been married? 21 years this month. Okay. Well, happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. And thank you. Of those 21 years, how many of those years have been spent with cuckolding being a part of your dynamic? So, cuckolding started um, probably about seven years ago. Okay. So, it's been about seven years. Right. Okay. Now, did you guys get started through swinging first? Like how did, how did trying to give us an idea of, of how this began for you? So we didn't, we were never swingers. That was never, um, never anything that we did. Um, so Scott basically, um, is a voyeur and has always been, you know, totally visual and loved, um, watching sex and he used to, um, I don't, I, you know, he used to be super jealous Mm -hmm. when we first met and then somehow he decided that he'd really love to watch me, um, have sex with another man. Um, and, uh, we, it was specifically pretty much, uh, black man, a black man. And, and, um, I was kind of taken aback. I mean, it wasn't because I was so prim and proper because I was, um, you know, I was, I was pretty promiscuous all through high school and college and I liked sex a lot. Um, and I honestly, um, wasn't the most loyal, but for some reason to Scott, I felt super loyal. And when he told me he wanted me to sleep with another, other man, I was kind of put off by it. It took, it was, it was definitely a evolution. Mm-hmm. Um, but we never were swingers. I started sleeping with black men and he was, um, oh, he would, he would participate. So basically, um, and film and it kind of started out like that. 
Okay, so let me ask you. So that came about within the last seven years. So no, we started playing probably fifteen years ago. Okay, so like, okay, so the cuckolding. Okay, so you. Yeah. Okay, so you guys kind of started playing not long after you were married. Right. Okay. Right. Now, how long did it take from if you, you know from what you can recall? How long did it take from the time he first brought it up to you until the time that you were ready to say, okay, let's find somebody? Like, how long did it take him to work on you to to, to get you to the point where you were ready to do it? I would say it was probably a couple years. Okay, so it took a little, it took a little bit of time. Yeah, at the time we lived um, in a place where it was, we would go and we would have vacations on the weekends because we had kids and and we would stay at hotels and um, and he would always make these um, kind of um, you know plans that would surprise me or be a knock on the door and you know there'd be a male stripper, black male stripper that would come into the room and, and he would think that that was the best way to maybe get me to. Okay. That's, that's a unique approach. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and, uh, anyway, um, one time, you know, it kind of worked after many different, and then I was like, okay. So then we kind of started looking around and trying to go on different sites and, and look for, you know, look for someone. And we, I would say that was probably two years from the time he introduced the idea and then um, until we actually met someone and then became kind of, you know, started playing with the same person for a while. Okay. You know, and then, yeah. So you say that for him, it it started with him wanting to see you with a black man. Prior to that, had you, had you been with a black man before? No, I had not. I grew up um, in the Midwest and um, had uh, a lot of guys that were at, like, in in school that were my friends that were black guys. Mm -hmm. I never, I had a lot that were interested in me. Um, I just never dated them. And um, I had, you know, several opportunities in college, but I was dating someone who didn't go to college with me, so I never really, um, I kind of felt like it was, you know, not, I don't know. I just didn't do it. And I regretted it. And he knew that because I had told, I had told him that Mm -hmm. that on many occasions I had regretted missed opportunities. So. Okay. So let me ask you this. You say that, that you pretty much had a, a promiscuous uh, background. Yes. How long did it take you to tell Scott that, you know, because a lot of women are led to believe that guys don't want to know that you know as far as the fact that you were like the, the the high school slut or something like that like a lot of women hold on to that information did you well, hold on to it and I if so how long i was the high school slut michael i didn't <laughs> think like that well no but i'm saying in a, in a manner of speaking <laughs> um so i think that he gosh that's a good question, Scott. How I think he could tell. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember the first time we had sex, he said, I knew you were a tiger. So um, I think that he could just tell. And then we started, you know, we have, listen, this is the way we started our relationship. 
no bullshit, we said to each other, here's the deal. Brutal honesty. We'd both been in other relationships and um, that, you know, that were just never fulfilling or good or open or what honest. And we both just kind of looked at each other and said, hey, brutal honesty. Mm-hmm. And if you ever want to be with somebody, don't cheat on me. Just tell me you want to be with somebody else. And that's kind of how we started our relationship. And we talked a lot. And I think I told him that I loved, you know, I loved sex from the time I was young and, you know, old enough to even understand it. And, and you know, I had some, you know, really dirty, nasty boyfriends mm-hmm. at a young age that really, <laughs> like, showed me, like, wow, like, this is insane. I didn't know this existed. Um, I didn't know that this was what sex was. Um, and I just shared that with him. And so he knew, I mean, he knew I'm a, I was a sexual person. Um, so I think that there was never any secrets between us that way. Okay. So yeah. when he first brings up to you that, you know, he's turned on by the idea of you being with other men, <laughs> did you, did you go through any of the, the thoughts that some women have where it's, you know, why does he want me to do this? Does he not? love me as much as he say he does? Is he using this as a way to, to get a free pass to play with other women? Like did any of those thoughts enter your mind at all? Absolutely. Absolutely. I was um, like, wow, we have this amazing relationships. We're so open. We tell each other everything. And um, I went from being like this person who loved to have sex and, and would never question one night stands to becoming the reluctant slut all of a sudden like Mm -hmm. what do you mean like what do you mean you want me to what you want me to sleep with other men are you crazy like i don't want to right now maybe down the road i might but really now (laughs) i was i was kind of uh taken aback by it okay and what about the the feelings of of wondering if he was setting you up like are you doing this so that you can then get a free pass to do something so how did you deal with that I said to him, I said, so is this because you want to sleep with other women? I asked him flat out. And he said, no, not really. And I guess that's when we probably should have realized at that point he was a cuck because he's like, I have no desire to sleep with another woman. Um, so, but at that point we didn't call it anything. Right, right. It, it, it didn't he, really have a title. Right, exactly. Okay, so he obviously put those fears to rest as far as him not having any desire to be uh, with another woman. So yeah. uh, fast forward, you, you, you have that initial experience. Like you decided, okay, we're going to go ahead and go through with this. Now you mm-hmm. said that he would send, you know, strippers to you. Did you ever do anything with the strippers or was the first time more like organized? Like, okay, we're going to find this person and talk to this person and meet this person here. Or, did the first time actually happen with one of those stripper grams he sent you? So I did not have sex with the stripper. Well, I didn't say sex. Okay. No. Okay. (laughs) So what are you asking? So you, you, you fooled, you fooled around a little with it, with the stripper. So was, was that your first experience? Yes. Okay. Now you're going to have all these husbands out there sending their wives stripper grams. <laughs> but, well, you have to understand it was in Las Vegas. Right, so. right, right. Now, was, was this easy a, to find there. Was this a, <laughs> a, a frequent trip that you guys made to go to Vegas? Yes, yes. Because it was close by and we just thought, you know, it was a great way to just get a quick little vacation in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Okay. Now, aside from the stripper, because that I'm, I'm guessing that was just kind of some like light fooling around, so to speak. Yes. Okay. Yes. So. Well, like, I don't know. What do you call light? I don't know. I mean, I'm guessing it was just like a blowjob or something. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Um, so your first official experience where you're, where you're going all the way, did you have any reservations going into it or were you totally comfortable the first time? No, I was, I was like so nervous. I was so nervous. And I remember like second guessing what to wear a million times. And, and, um, we had met him, you know, first for cocktails, Mm -hmm. um, you know, before we actually played and, um, you know, it was, it was great. We had drinks and it was easy. And I sat between Scott and him and we all really just totally, you know, clicked and it felt really good. And I was really, um, excited to set up a date with him. And so we did. And then, um, the day of the date, um, I was just kind of a nervous wreck. Mm -hmm. I really was. I was just like, I remember I couldn't eat all day. I was totally freaked out. I was not for someone who was far from a virgin or anything like that. You know, I was, I was totally, I was real nervous. Mm -hmm. I was. Now, did you have Um, any thoughts of backing out that first time? No. No. Okay. So you were nervous, but didn't have any thoughts of, pulling the plug on no it. we no we got a hotel room we got there early we kind of hung out we had a couple drinks we you know relaxed and um and then um but there was no way i was going to back out because mm-hmm. i was excited about it but i was nervous I right was no, i understand so nervous. so nervous so would you say your first time was a success i would say it was definitely a success. Okay. So it was a great experience. Yeah. We had a great experience. So and we went on to see him for about a, I guess about a year and a half. Oh, okay. So it, was, it, it developed into yeah. a nice, uh, yeah, comfortable. steady, steady thing. Yeah. And he put up with us too. Cause <laughs> we had, we had young kids and a lot of times I had to cancel like, right. at last minute and stuff. Well, I mean, I've, I've I've seen pictures of you. I'm sure he was like, I'll I'll, I'll stick around for this one. <laughs> so let me ask you: a, a, a lot of times, what happens when when wives get started in this? And I'm kind of curious to to hear where you're coming from. Is in the beginning, their primary reason for doing it is is to make their husband happy. You know, it's almost like they could do without it in the beginning. You know, it's like, but he likes it. I love him. It's kinky. It's fun. So why the hell not? And, and and they do it for their husband. And then what happens is over time, they start to get to the point where they give themselves permission to basically say, you know what? I enjoy this and it's okay if I want to do it for me. So I'm just kind of curious, in the beginning, did you even feel like you were doing it for him? And how long, if so, how long did it take you to get to the point where you were comfortable with the idea that you were doing it because you liked it where that was your primary motivation. Hmm. So I was definitely felt like I was doing it for him. Um, until I'm in the middle of it and then it's all about me. 
but making the date, getting the babysitter, doing all those things. And I went through a lot of um, weird, weird, like guilty, like, like, gosh, like, you know, I'm like living this giant lie. And like, everybody thinks we have this amazing marriage and, and just do we like, is this right? And mm-hmm. I, I, I questioned, ev- I questioned everything. I felt like, um, oh my gosh, if my family knew, if my kids knew, if my kids ever found out or friends found I mean, I, I just totally, I kind of. So you were in yeah, your head something out, I, bad. Oh, I, I wigged out a lot about it. Like, and I would cancel. I would cancel with him. Like, I don't want to do this. You know, this is, this isn't me. This isn't, this isn't, I don't want to do this. And mm-hmm. we would cancel. We would cancel on him, um, because of that. And, um, because I was, I was in my head big time about it. Um, which when I look back on, you know, I understand, mm-hmm. but, um, but it was, I, it, I, it was, I was over the top ridiculously too wigged out for no reason. Okay. So but it's easy for me. It's easy for adult me mm-hmm. now, <laughs> you know, someone who's been in, in it now for as, as long as I have to say, you know, yeah, it's really easy for me to say now, but for people starting out, I get it, mm-hmm. but I just want to really, like relax. It's really well, not. Well, I'm sure <laughs> that there, there are, are, are women listening to you talk right now who can relate so what I'm curious to know is what 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 started bringing you out of that? You know, like what, when did you start to turn the page and not be so hard on yourself as far as getting into your own head and like you said, wigging yourself out and like what was it that 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 changed for you? What was your like epiphany moment, your aha moment? My aha moment. That's a good question. Um, I think my aha moment, I don't really know if I had an aha moment. I I think it was an evolution where it was just like, you know what? This is, I'm I'm an adult. No one's going to find out. You know, there's no reason that I should stress. You know, to this day, my, I mean, my family doesn't know. Mm-hmm. My kids don't know. You know, I'm not in the open about it. And um, I think you just come to the conclusion that, you know what, it's up to you if anybody finds out. You know, if you're going to be posting a bunch of pictures out there on different websites and you're going to put your face out there and, and make it, that's how people are going to find out. Otherwise, nobody's going to find out. Mm-hmm. And this is for you. And I think I think it's just a matter of being able to like, for me, sex is, is mental as much as it is physical. So it's about letting go mentally and saying, you know what? I'm with the man I love and, and I can do whatever I want. This mm-hmm. is a gift. This is a gift, you know, it's a total gift. And you just have to, I don't know, like, I guess you just have to embrace it and realize that, you know, that you're the one in control here and that if, and to just like not take life, like, like friends of mine say, life is not a dress rehearsal, Mm -hmm. you know, this is it. And, and so you have to just kind of take a deep breath and say, you know what, I really love this and really, really realize that you're doing it 
as much as I was saying I was doing it for Scott, I was really doing it for me too, in a big way. And once I mentally could wrap my brain around that and just let go, it, 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 that was it. It just kind of. So giving yourself permission to, to embrace the fact that yes, I'm doing this for me. Like it's okay to endure. Cause like I said, I've, I've talked to a lot of wives both on the show and even before I started doing it. And it was, it was something that I noticed you know, in the beginning, mm-hmm. the, the, their husband was the primary motivation of why they were doing it. And mm-hmm. slowly, you know, some some of them accepted it faster than others. But there was this kind of evolution of them getting to the point where, you know, they gave themselves permission to basically say, you know what, I like this. You know, like it's OK for me to want this more than he wants it. You know, and, oh, yeah. and and all of a sudden they wake up one day and it's like, you know what? I'm doing this for me. The fact that he enjoys it, that's a bonus. <laughs> you know, right. like. Yeah. Like, and on top of it, <clears throat> believe me, for him, it's a bonus, too, to see us enjoying it, to see me enjoying it. That that makes it more enjoyable for him. Like, mm-hmm. do you know, what I mean, it's not just about, you know, it's this. It's not about him. And and he he made it clear to me, he's like, I want you to love this and, and want it and crave it. And, I, you know, and that makes me happier. You know, I don't want to see that you're there just doing this for me. Right. You know? So, yeah. Okay. So you said that the, your first bull you wound up being with for, for about a year and a half. Now yes. in that year and a half, was he the only bull that you were with? Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. It's hard. I felt like it was hard. I'm super picky. Um, I like to be able to connect not just on a physical level, but also mentally. Mm-hmm. I like to be able to have like a stimulating conversation. I like to be physically attracted to them. Um, I'm. It's not just like any, you know, I mean, to be crude about it. I'm just not like, hey, you know. Just because you're black doesn't mean I want to fuck you. Right. Just because right. I'm white doesn't. I hope just because I'm white doesn't mean you want to fuck me. I hope there's something. You know, like I look at it as dating. Mm-hmm. You know, and and it, would I date you? You know what I mean. <laughs> so I want. I wanted it to be. You know, I wanted to be. You know, somebody I can connect with, especially because it's hard to meet people. And once you find someone you do connect with, you know, it's nice. You know, to have, not that, yeah, anyway. It's, yeah, so, I'm sorry. <laughs> I guess the, I mean, it was great that, you know, you basically, your first foray into this yielded you a very good guy. Mm-hmm. I guess the downside to that was you got spoiled, you know, like mm-hmm. once that situation ran its course, because you said it lasted about a year and a half. And then you right. had to kind of go out and start from scratch and find somebody else. How much of a, of a shock or, a, a, you know, how much did it jar you to be like, oh, wait, everybody's not like him, <laughs> you know. Right, like this. because then you're starting, you're, you're dating all over again. Right, right. You know, and, and you're looking and you're, you know, you're, you're going on dates. And um, that's where the sites help, you know, and, and Scott was always, he kind of always had like 
always had feelers out there constantly, you know, um, on all the different sites with people, with guys lined up to meet and have drinks. And, and, and even though I was, I saw that one, um, that, that one gentleman for a year and a half, I did meet other people, Mm -hmm. um, that just didn't appeal to me. I wasn't like I was loyal. Um, but they had to live up to that. Mm -hmm. He set the, he set the bar high. Right. He did set the bar high Mm -hmm. and I did eventually meet someone else and, um, and then was with him for three years after him, after the first guy. Right. Okay. So now let me ask you, cause like I said, in the beginning of this, I did introduce you guys as a a cuckold couple and up to now your relationship, you know, up to the point that we just discussed has pretty much been in, in, in the hot wife vein. So when did you notice things starting to change did he say something to you about cuckolding first or did you notice that his his temperament was different that his vibe was different like which came first him mentioning cuckolding or you being able to detect that something was different um he he pretty much came came just just came to me and said i really I mean, we'd, we'd, we'd watch movies with cuckolding and, um, a lot of them were really, really, you know, yeah, bad. um, demeaning and bad mm-hmm. and, and, you know, um, but he said, you know, I, I'm really, I really, I think I'm, I'm a cuckold. Uh, I, I, and I looked at him, I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? You know, and that was after, that was like around the 50 shades time. And I was like, but no, you're going to be my dom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's like, no, I think I'm a cock. And so it was kind of, an, we kind of had like a little bit of, a, of an identity crisis at that point for a little bit. Um, and then um, I was like, okay. And I started reading stuff and, and um, we, you know, we got some different chastity devices and, um, and, um, turns out that I'm not as, as, as submissive as I thought I was, because I definitely have the ability to, um, to switch, mm-hmm. to be a switch, um, even though he does still try to top from the bottom from uh, time to time. Yeah, you got to put him in his place when he does that. Oh, I try. I try. <laughs> very hard. He's very dominant in his everyday mm-hmm. world. So, um even though he says he doesn't want to be and he wants to, he is um, a cuckold. Sometimes you have to be reminded. But so that was about seven years ago that that started. Okay. And so that, now we're pretty full fledged. Okay. So when you started dipping your feet into the cuckolding pool, um, let me ask you at this point now, um, does, uh, does humiliation play any part in your dynamic? Not really. We're not real. I'm not, we're not really into humiliation. I don't know if like me, I don't know how graphic you No, I, you can I be graphic. Here, I mean, we're, we're adults. Don't worry about so, it. So, <laughs> so, you know, like he cleans me up. I'll drip um, a cream pie over his face or I'll rub it in his face or mm-hmm. I'll make him um, service, you know, my, my bull. Um, and 
but he's not made to wear panties and, right. you know, things like that. Because to me, that doesn't turn me on. Yeah. Like, and I still have to turn me on. And, um, but he, uh, he's open to a lot of different things, mm-hmm. you know, but, um, but I don't. Yeah. No, no I'm saying it's no. It's, I'm 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 glad that you just said what you said because a comment that I've often made is, you know, I I, I see a lot of confusion in in people trying to understand the differences between uh, hot wifing and cuckolding. And mm-hmm. what I've pretty much said from the beginning is, I, I don't I don't pay attention to the acts. Like I don't look at. I don't, I don't define people by what they enjoy. For, like I said, for me, it's always come down to the distribution of the sexual power in the dynamic. You know, if, if he has it or it's shared, then that typically falls under the, the hot wife category. If the wife has it, then that's when I notice things taking on a, a cuckold feel and it's funny because, you know, you'll, you'll, you know, you'll, you know, and as far as the acts, you know, what I tell guys is when she has that power, the acts, they come from her because it's, it's all about what turns her on. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, t- I tell guys like the only like guys will say, well, you know, I don't I don't wear panties or, or anything like that. And I tell them the only reason why you don't wear panties is because you and panties doesn't turn her on. You know, like if it yeah. if it turned her on to see you in a Bugs Bunny costume, <laughs> guess what you would have hanging in yep. your closet right now. So Very true. I'm glad that you said that because that just illustrates the point that I've made all along was he doesn't wear panties because panties don't do anything for him. I mean, for you now that could very easily be different. You know, that could be something. I mean, I, I know wives who are turned on by seeing their husbands in, in panties, you know, especially when he has that high powered job and he's going to work in his suit and she knows that he's got his Victoria's Secret thong on underneath it. Like there are some wives who get turned on by that idea, you know, mm-hmm. and you just illustrate the fact that, you know, what happens in, in, in cuck holding yeah. relationships is you're the queen. This is your kingdom. You make the rules, you know, and you, you know, the things that turn you on, those are the things that you do. The things that don't turn you on, those are the things that you don't do. And that's pretty much, you know, what it comes down to. So I'm, I'm, I'm grateful that you actually brought that up, uh, you know, because it just kind of uh, illustrates a point that I've made on, uh, on, on, on multiple occasions. So let me ask you. Um, you mentioned, uh, you know, cream pies. What other aspects of cuck holding do you do you personally enjoy? Like, I know you mentioned something earlier about chastity. Yes. So um, we do chastity, but um, we don't do. We did not do Locktober. Um, we don't do that long. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say the longest was probably maybe five, six days that he's been locked up. Um. Uh, and that's mostly because of me. Um, I'll, I'll take it off of him. Um, but a lot of times when we're playing, um, he'll start locked up. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes he'll stay locked up and sometimes I'll unlock him. Um, but, um, but for the most part, you know, um, 
you know, throughout the month, maybe a few, you know, like a few days here, a few days there, maybe two or three times during the month, I'll lock them up for a day or two, sometimes more, just depends. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not, um, it, it's really whatever moves me and whatever I'm into at that moment. Well, you are the queen. So. <laughs> exactly. So, I, I, exactly. Now I know some of my <laughs> listeners uh, would be curious your sex life with your husband. Um, yeah. Is it still like, do you still fuck him on a regular basis? Do you restrict him? Do you limit him? Do you have guidelines? Like, like how, yeah. how is that? So, you know, it's funny that you say that because we kind of, I kind of go back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the time um, when he has a release, it's because I um, will We'll jack him off with two fingers, but no more mm-hmm. than two fingers. Now, um, hold on before you before you move on. You say two fingers. Do mm-hmm. you use two fingers to make a point? Yes, because he only gets two fingers, and if he can't, you know, if that doesn't work for him, I'm sorry, but that, that's that, what that's awesome. That's <laughs> what I'm willing to give him. Um. And then, you know, um, when I do let him fuck me, um, I'll use my, a lot of times I'll use my phone with the timer and mm-hmm. I'll give him 60 mm-hmm. seconds to come. Um, and if he can come within that 60 seconds, then he can come. Mm-hmm. But if he hasn't come by the time my timer goes off, then he doesn't get to come and he has to wait until the next time I so deem him <laughs> Worthy, able to come. Yeah. So, yes. just and, I'm sure my listeners. And then there are will... times when I, and then there are times when I want, um, I want him to fuck me, you know. And we will, um, even though he doesn't last very long, mm-hmm. um, I'll let him. But I, I have not cut him off from fucking me. Okay. At this point. Now you mentioned the timer. Um, are there ever mm-hmm. times where he doesn't come in the sixty seconds? Um, nope, pretty much no. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, he, so he's pretty much like... Sometimes it's less. He's old, he's old faithful. He's, he's getting it in before that 60 seconds. Yes, he's, yeah. Sometimes it's 20 seconds. <laughs> but it's always within those 60. It's always within the 60, <laughs> he, usually. He, he, never, he never uses the full minute. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so you know maybe there's been a time or two and then he's just cut off and he's left you know but blue balling it for a while i guess mm-hmm. now when he <laughs> when he does uh come with you do you make him clean himself up um yes so i would say probably two two out of you know three times i'll make him lick it up you need mm-hmm. to, and if he's if he's come on my stomach or my my tits or whatever i'll i'll make him lick it up um or eat it outside of my pussy mm-hmm. um and yeah that's i i that's, yeah and sometimes i make him wear a condom though okay to fuck me. now you mentioned so he doesn't i'm sorry you mentioned yeah. something uh earlier that I, I'm, I'm sure my listeners are a little curious about that uh, sometimes you will have him uh, clean your bull. Yes. The first time that that happened, kind of 
help my listeners understand because you know here you are seeing you know the 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 man you met and fell in love with the, you know your best friend mm-hmm. your soulmate the father of your children and he's sitting there mm-hmm. and he's got basically you know your bull's cock in his mouth like how did that affect you when you saw that the first time like how did you reconcile that so it was what I I wanted I wanted him to do it um and honestly so it was your idea first yes and um, oh yeah totally definitely so was he was he resistant to it initially he said are you I think he was like are you sure mm-hmm. are you sure that's gonna be okay with you and you're gonna want to see that are you certain and and I said well it's not like I think that you know you prefer it mm-hmm. but it's all part of the fact that you know I, d- I don't really know it was just it just it just happened and I told him I wanted to see it and I thought that, and then, you know, the other, the other thing is, is, you know, you have to make sure that your bull. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I mean, right. So <laughs> the situation can get awkward really both, quickly. <laughs> right. I mean, my husband is incredibly masculine. My bull is incredibly masculine. And I feel like there was just this really great vibe and it was just, like great like you know there was no weirdness or strangeness about it it was like you know hey you know kind of like the first time we ever did it was like hey where's my fluffer and he just did it mm-hmm. you know i mean and it was it was a little bit like wow look at that you know for me so um but was it a power it thing for you was it like wow look at the power that i have like, look what I just made my husband do. Like, was there any kind of power trip in it at all for you? God, that's a really good question. I don't. Oh, wow. I haven't examined that enough to really be able to say <laughs> that it's a power thing. As, you know me. I'm always with the thought provoking questions. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Michael, for making me tax my brain that way. Um, I would say that it's more like, Wow this is really red hot shit. Mm-hmm. Like, this is really red hot, super insanely hot sex. Like, like all of it, like the whole thing was just something like what you had told me 21 years ago that that was never going to be happening. I would have said, ah, you are insane. This mm-hmm. is never going to be. And now it's just like, I like it. And, you know, and, and I think it's, sexy and hot and I do like the fact that I can tell tell him to suck his dick and he'll do it and 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 the fact that my bull is down for it I just think it's great I I don't really know I guess part of it is feels powerful but at the same time it's just so hot Mm -hmm. just also sexy and hot you know so aesthetically it, it does something for you as well just the act of seeing it yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. And I do like the fact that he's doing it, you know, because I know he wants to please me. Mm-hmm. You know? So it's just great. No, it's, it's, it was, it was definitely a, like when I told him that I wanted to see him suck my 
people's dick, um, at first he was, he was really surprised. So, you know, but he wasn't turned off to it at all. He was mm-hmm. like, okay, well, find the right, find the right bull to do it and, you know, make sure that it's okay. I don't want to get, you know, punched in the face or anything <laughs> like that. But. So... <laughs> You say cuckolding has been a part of your uh, marriage for seven years. How long has mm-hmm. that aspect of cuckolding been a part of your marriage? Probably about three years now. Three, okay, so it's been about... Three and a half. Well, because the cuckolding became an ev- was an evolution, too. We were learning and teaching ourselves and becoming... It was like a process, right? right. So I would say maybe... I don't know. Maybe it was, it's been four years since you started... That whole part. Now, has he done that with more than one bull, or has it only been one bull that he's done Mm -hmm. that with? He's done that with three different bulls now. And and I have pretty long, you know, yeah. I would say three, three or four. Now, when you play, are you at the point now where you'll play alone, or is he always present? It's, it's, uh, either or it doesn't he's there sometimes he he likes to sometimes be there and it's gotten to the point i think sometimes where my bull really likes it but at the same time we also have our moments and our 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 play dates where it's just us too now did it take you time to get comfortable to being alone with your bull without your husband there or was that a, a relatively easy transition for you to make because no, i think it took I would say it took a while, you know, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, before I was alone with bulls, like my first two boyfriends, I was never my first two bulls. I was never alone with mm-hmm. that. I had like you know long term relationships with, um, and then I think that, um, like I branched out, I experimented, like I went out and I met, you know, I would meet guys on my own, and then couple times I brought him back and we, I mean, I met him separate, you know, alone and, and we ended up having sex and without, without Scott anywhere around. And one time he didn't even know about it. And mm-hmm. I just sent him videos from the phone, my phone, my iPhone. Um, so it's, it's, uh, it's an evolution, you know, it, it's like, you know, but you have to really make sure that you know who you're with and that you trust them and you, you know, and then, and then it's fun, you know, sometimes yes, alone, sometimes no, sometimes out for drinks and then play sessions with or without. It's just, it's, it's everything now. It's everything. And, you know, it's dating and yeah. Now you say that sometimes you, 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 you do like to, to lock him up when you do have him yeah. locked up. Do you do you wear his key on your person anywhere, or do you like keep it in a drawer or something? No, I keep it next to my bed. I don't wear it. I mean, and that's mostly just because um, you know my I have a I have a a child that is very precocious and and she's now out of the house, so I guess I could maybe, but she'd be like, "Why are you wearing that dumb key?" It's not, you know, I could you know it's like, <laughs> I didn't need. To, you know, so I kind of just would put it next to my bed and an ashtray next to my bed that I keep jewelry and stuff in. And, mm-hmm. um, 
And so, no, I just never did. But um, it's something I could actually consider now. Okay, so you've never experienced being out in public and having him caged and you wearing his key With around key, your... No, I have not. I have not. Does the idea appeal to you? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sure you've seen pictures what? of other women and heard stories of other women who do that. You know, do you ever look at that? Oh, yeah. and like it'd be kind of cool to try that. Yeah, I was just with a woman just a couple nights ago in her cook, and she was wearing one around her neck. And um, I kind of thought, hmm, it's kind of nice to not to be able to do that and not have your kids like going, "Why are you wearing that? <laughs> What's that?" You know. So I thought, hmm, that's kind of interesting. Maybe, maybe I would do that. Maybe mm. I would do that. Okay, now you 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 bring that up, so you kind of bring me to 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 my next little uh, my little segue here. Friends in the lifestyle. Um, I know that most cuckold couples in their actual life, they don't know any other couples, you know, um, swinging couples, you know, because of the abundance of swinger parties out there and events and resorts and things like that, they have ample opportunities to meet other swingers. But, uh, Cuckold couples, not so much. Now, don't let the cat out of the bag yet. I'm going to get to that. But prior to this weekend, did you have, have you guys met any other couples in real life who were cuckold couples? Do you have any friends in the lifestyle? No. So for the seven years that you've been in the cuckolding and the eight years before that, that you were a hot wife couple, you've never had another couple as friends who, who enjoy what you enjoy, like real life. No, nope. It's our, it's, it's, yeah, no. Now, uh, prior to this weekend, did you ever put effort into meeting anyone else? Or did you just kind of resign yourself for the fact that, this is just going to be our secret and we're not going to know anybody else about who know who's into this. Pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, no, that, that's pretty much the way we've, we've kind of lived our lives. Just, this is our, our little secret and Mm -hmm. it's what we do. And, um, and because we never did swing, you know, um, we never really made friends with couples like that. And, um, yeah, no, it's never been any, it's never been, you know, anybody else but us, and you know. Okay, well, one of the things that I've, I've and I've said this before on, on my podcast, you know, everyone knows that I, I host parties. And what I've often said is, one of my biggest takeaways is, is the social aspect, seeing how couples respond when they get to talk to another couple who not only understands what they're into, but also is like-minded. They may do it a little differently, but the foundation is, is the same. And it's one of those things that before you have it, you don't realize how much you miss it or how much you need it. And then once you get it, you're very appreciative to have it. And Mm -hmm. so with that being said, uh, you know, uh, one of the couples who's been on my show a number of times, uh, you know, Anne and James, you know, she's been on a number of episodes. She was just on my October episode. 
she told me that she was traveling to Southern California and asked me if I knew anybody. And I thought of you guys and I, I, I contacted Scott and I asked him if it would be okay. And he said, fine. So why don't you let my listeners know what you guys did over the weekend? So we met uh, Ann and Jane. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and we really just met for drinks. And we just, it was interesting to see James and Scott talk to another cuck for the first time in their lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and be able to identify with so many commonalities. I mean, just feelings, thoughts, emotions, when they thought they, you know, when they knew, when they thought, um, and what they thought about, you know, cuckolding and when they knew they were cuckolds and, and they just said, you know, listen, not all cuckolds are cut from the same cloth, but it seems like we are. So that was kind of cool, you know, for Scott and James to be able to connect that way and really, you know, feel like, Hey, you know, this is, this is cool, you know, and then Ann and I talked and, um, she's been, you know, doing this a lot longer than I have. I learned a lot. I said, she's, she's like a fountain of information Mm -hmm. and, um, and we shared a lot too. And it was great. I mean, it was nice, you know, because you're, there's no, no one has any walls or guards or fences up right. and you're just talking and you're just talking. And it's like no fear. Cool. Like you, you get yeah. to just talk and not, there's no fear of being Nobody judged or being looked at judged. a certain kind of way or anything like that. So let me ask you, I'm just kind of curious when you were watching Scott talk to James, I've, I've, mm-hmm. I've talked to, to other wives and it's almost like that first day of school when you see your child, making friend on the playground. I mean, I don't know if kids still do that, but the era that I came from, you know, and kind of that, that, that warm feeling you get of knowing that, okay, he's not going to be alone. Right. No, it's really, very, very, um, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very, uh, it was, it was cool. It was, it was soothing for me to look at them and they shaking their heads and smiling and, like with these very well, like telltale smiles, like, yes, you know, I feel you, I get it. You know, it, it was, it was great. It made me really happy. Mm-hmm. It made me really happy. And I think it made Scott super happy. And I could, I know it made both of them happy because they both said so. So it was great. Well, I'm, I'm, really I'm, I'm, I'm definitely heartwarming. I'm definitely <laughs> glad that, that I was able to facilitate for that, that. For, for you yeah, guys. Thank you. You know, I know that, that was thank a big. A, a, a big thing for both of you, you know, so like I said, I'm glad that I was able to, to, to make that happen. So let me ask you this um, before we bring uh, Scott into this conversation. Yeah. How would you say if you had to sum it up, you know, because there, there there are a lot of people out there on the outside looking in who they they, they see cuckolding as just this kind of physical endeavor, you know, without really yeah. thinking about the emotional and mental aspect of it. So for those people who were curious, how would you say cuckolding has affected your marriage? Like how is your marriage different because of cuckolding? So Scott was always very loving to me. He's Mm -hmm. always been a very loving 
person, very affectionate, very loving. Um, I would say it's made us closer in, in, which is crazy because I always felt like we were so close, but, um, it's brought us so much closer in some sort of odd, weird way, which I don't really know how to explain, Mm -hmm. but we, we, um, more respectful. I mean, not that he was ever disrespectful. It's, I, no, no, don't don't worry. I mean, I I understand what you're trying to say, and I I, I think after listening to the October episode and hearing the women talk about certain things, I think people have a better understanding of what it is mm-hmm. you're trying to say. Um, mm-hmm. Now, does this surprise I, you? I mean, because going into it, when the husbands first bring it up, I I think that for a lot of the wives that this is not really part of the discussion. You know, the fact that, Hey, this is going to bring us closer together emotionally is, I don't think that's ever really used as a selling point from husbands, you know, telling their wives about, about cuckolding, but yet it winds up being this big thing, you know, like pretty much every couple I've ever talked to, that's the point that they get to like emotionally. It, it does bring them closer in a way that they never anticipated. It's, um, there's really no way to, to explain it. And, um, it brings us closer. Um, he's, he's more adoring of me. Um, even though he always was already, um, it's just on steroids now. <laughs> it's, you know, and, and I, I was laughing with Ann because I said, you know, sometimes I just have to take his cage off him because I can't stand the puppy dog. <laughs> you know, it's just like he's so, it's just like, okay, like, okay, I'm just going to take this off your dick because you're just so adoring. Like, it's almost, it's crazy and it sounds crazy, but it's. No, it's I'm sure there are a number of wives out there who are nodding their heads. <laughs> right. I mean, so, but it's, it's also beautiful. And, and like I said, we always had a beautiful relationship, but this has definitely just enhanced it, brought us closer. And in a way that I never, like, this was never part of what cuckolding was. Like, I didn't realize that this was, um, a side effect or, you know, a byproduct, um, a benefit, mm-hmm. a byproduct. Yeah, exactly. That's it. So for those couples out there who are new to this and they're still kind of working through, you know, the the beginning of it, you know, uh, husband just brought it up. For those wives trying to, to find some understanding, what what would your advice be to them? You know, her husband just brought up cuckolding to her this week and she's sitting there trying to wrap her head around it. What would you say to, to that wife? Take away whatever preconceived notions you have in your mind about cuckolding and recognize that it can be whatever you two make it. It doesn't have to follow a textbook. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to follow any rules. It's you make the rules. You, and then from there, from where you start, it's an evolution. And it evolves to wherever, wherever you guys want to take it. It doesn't have to follow textbook rules and 
And it doesn't have to be a certain way. It's however you want it. All righty. Very good. Very good. So what we're going to do now, everyone, is like I said earlier, I have uh, both Kennedy and her husband, Scott, there. Scott has been, for the most part, sitting there quietly. I mean, been, there were a few bumps <laughs> and some... Some no- some noises that you that you may have heard, but he for the most part he's been he's, he's been sitting there. So why don't you uh, move the phone a little closer to him? You there, Scott? I'm here, Michael. How are you? <laughs> uh, doing well, doing well. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So for my listeners, Great. this is Scott. This is this is Kennedy's husband and her her faithful cuck, her dutiful cuck, as I like to say. So uh, now we're going to, like I said, bring you into this conversation and, and kind of direct things uh, to you for a while to kind of get your perspective on all of this. Sure. So she's already told us, you know, how long you guys have been married and, and, and how long you've known each other. But one question that I always like to ask the husbands is, what do you remember about the very first time you laid eyes on her? So that's a great question. Um, I can I can tell you to this day what she was wearing. Okay. I can tell you what she looked like. I, I have that image in my mind, and I'll never forget it. She was by far the most beautiful woman I had ever laid eyes on, and I, you know, and I had I had dated a lot of girls and a lot of women, and it was just. I was just captivated by her. I was intimidated by her, to be perfectly frank. I didn't think I was good enough. And what was the context? Like, was this out, were you at work or out at a bar? Like, where were you when you saw, when you saw her for the first time? I, I saw her out at, uh, at a bar. And a friend of mine knew someone that she was with, a girlfriend of hers. And an introduction was made. And when I shook her hand and I said hello to her and I looked at her, I just, I was, I was blown away. I just had never seen a more beautiful woman um, ever in my life. And how long after that night did you realize, okay, this is the woman that I'm going to shoot my shot with. Like, this is the woman that if she's, if she'll have me, this is the woman that I want to marry. Probably within 90 days, mm-hmm. 60 to 90 days, maybe sooner, um, but almost immediately. I mean, we had a uh, an interesting magnetic connection day one, and we communicated very well at first, and, and you know, she was just different than everybody I'd met. Mm-hmm. And so how long after you met her? did you propose to her? Probably a year and a half. I think it was maybe a year. Now, were you with her consistently or did you, was there a period where you guys were like dating other people? No, no, God, no, no. I, I met her and, and I, I just wasn't dating anybody else. And, you know, um, she, we, we moved in together like, Wow, within 90 days, I think it was 120 days. And it was, uh, it was just, it was a romance from, from the time we met. I mean, it was just, it was different. It was just unique in the sense that we had this instant, instant connection. And, and, uh, and I just found her 
naturally sexy in a way that I had never, uh, I had never found in another woman. I mean, she was just effortlessly sexy and just, just captivated me. Okay. So hearing you explain that, I'm sure that there are people who are listening to this right now. And the question going through their mind is how does a man go from looking at this woman that way to saying to himself, I want to see her getting fucked by somebody else. So kind of let us into your mind. How did, how did that transition happen? How long did it take in your mind? Like I I understand that when you told her that doesn't mean that it popped into your head the night before that it was probably stewing and brewing in your in your head for some time. So when did that thought first creep into your head and, and how did it get there? So, so she and I were both very sexual people and, you know, physical attraction is what first, uh, you know, brought us together. And it was, it wasn't long before I realized that her real beauty was, you know, was within her and who she was as a person, not just the outside. The outside was just a bonus. Mm-hmm. And so I fell in love and, and, but as we would make love and fuck, you know, we enjoyed, you know, watching porn together. We enjoyed, you know, being very verbal and we enjoyed, you know, fantasizing. And, and I think because we were both very sexual people and, you know, expressive to each other and communicated, you know, we didn't just get in missionary and, and, you know, and it didn't end in a minute. I mean, uh, when we first met, I would, we would have sex in one day and I would come six times in one day, something that is almost superhuman for most guys. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't come six days today. If, you know, if, if you put a gun to my head, so, <laughs> um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm older and, and it's just the reality of life. And so, but, you know, I think, I think just seeing how sexual she was and how attractive she was and how she responded to, you know, using toys and, 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 and just, seeing her, her sexual energy and who she was as a woman, I would begin fantasizing in my own mind. And, you know, I would, I would end up going into, you know, I would end up going into, into these conversations where, and I would share with her my fantasies of her and, and what I envisioned in my mind. And, and she would respond positively and she would get, I noticed it would visibly excite her and she'd get more wet and she got more excited. And so, I think that's how it transitioned and that's probably when I first had thoughts, but I didn't know, I had no idea what it would evolve into. So when you first started having these thoughts, did you have to work up the courage? I mean, cause I know she said that, that you guys have, your relationship has always been predicated on brutal honesty as she put it. So did you tell her about it right away? like when you started having these thoughts or did you have to kind of examine them yourself? And, you know, because the reason why I bring this up is a lot of men listen to this and a lot of men who want to go into this lifestyle. And when they first start having those thoughts, they can be confusing. Like some guys, they don't really know what those thoughts mean. And so what I'm trying to to gather from you is, did you understand them yourself right away or 
No. Was there a, a, a part of you that had to kind of reconcile with them and say, okay, this doesn't mean that I don't love her any less, you know, like, so like, like kind of take us into your head and explain to us how you dealt with that, how you came to grips with this woman who you had up on this pedestal yet here you are wanting to do what most men would find unthinkable. So I think it was the fact that I, I, I remember broaching the topic with her, of fan, you know, just through fantasy of, you know, how hot it would be um, because she was always adventurous and willing to, in, the, in her past prior to being married, to just be adventurous and, and, you know, and, and she wasn't into gang bangs or anything like that. I mean, she would sleep with one guy. I mean, she had one threesome, I think that I know of. And, and, um, you know, so she, she was just adventurous. And, and, you know, when I brought the idea up to her that it just seemed exciting, she immediately responded with no way that that would never work because I've never been faithful to anybody. I, you know, every one of my relationships, as she commented earlier, has ended because of other people. I would never want to put what we have at risk. Mm -hmm. And so I think based on her response, probably the first time I just brought up that the fantasy was exciting and what it would be really possibly like, based on her response, I really kind of backed off. Right. And I think just through, through porn, and I remember distinctly to this day, you know, I found a movie um, that, you know, that we would watch and it was a cuckold porn movie about, you know, and it was, you know, you're, but it wasn't, it was amateur. And this, you know, this, 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 uh, really attractive blonde woman had sex with four or five guys and her husband was loving and <clears throat> loving and watched and, and, uh, and she enjoyed it. And she in certain ways resembled my wife, both physically and, and, uh, and, and, and I remember Kennedy being really turned on. Mm -hmm. by watching that video and so it kind of like gave me a small window i felt to to continue that conversation with her and and from there it it, it took on its you know a dip, its own its own course okay now for you whether with her or even before you met her were you ever would you ever consider yourself to have been a jealous type of guy Oh my goodness. That's a, when I met her, because I was so intimidated by her beauty, um, and that I didn't feel I had any shot with her whatsoever. I was insanely jealous to the point where it was almost debilitating and it almost drove us apart at one point. Um, prior to us being engaged, you know, as we were dating, it was the only real, you know, speed bump, if you will, that we had. And I was just ins in insanely jealous because I was just insecure of who I was, even though I had never really been an insecure person. Um, <clears throat> but I was uh, intimidated by her beauty. And so, yes, I was, I was absolutely conscious, uh, you know, conscientious if someone looked at her or if she looked back at somebody, but it, it, it's, you know, we, we've, Kennedy and I have had conversations about this, you know, in depth and, and, and tried to find the meaning behind when that changed. And I think for me, for us, when I realized that she truly loved me and mm -hmm. that she wasn't ever going to emotionally fall in love with somebody else, no matter what, 
and that I realized that, and it maybe took four or five years to truly, truly understand that, and that I truly identified, and she identified that sex and love are two different things. Sex is just a physical act, and it's, it's beautiful in and of itself. I think that was the defining moment for us because it, it my jealousy subsided, mm-hmm. and at that point, um, you know, the fantasies became less fueled by. They, they, it was almost like like an acceptance. It allowed me to be to to succumb to my real feelings of what I felt emotionally and sexually about her. And, and, and I would find that I would, you know, stay up at night and, 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 and and jack off and, and watch, you know, porn online while she'd be asleep. And, and all I watched, I never watched anything but interracial porn. That's it. And Mm -hmm. just the contrast and, and the beauty of it and, and the superiority of black men over, over white men, what I viewed as, as that physical superiority, right? Uh, the stamina, all of it. I mean, I just was fascinated by it and how women responded both, you know, and I watched a lot of amateur stuff. And so it, it really allowed me to become almost gave me like a, like a, like a hall pass, if you will. It, it, it was, it was, uh, to feel okay about it, you know, because I knew she wasn't going to leave me if she found someone that she emotionally, uh, you know, that she, she, she physically connected with that she had, um, you know, some, some chemistry with. Okay. Now this next question is actually kind of a two part because it, it brings two thoughts to mind and I, and I don't want to forget them. You, when I asked you about jealousy, you pretty much tied it to her. So was she the first woman that you ever felt jealousy with? No, but never before at this, at this type of intensity. Um, I was never really a a very jealous person by nature, Mm -hmm. but I had in my mind never encountered a woman that I felt was way uh, out of my league. And to this day, I feel that way. Okay. So with her, it was more, it was more the fear of losing her was what fueled that, that jealousy. Maybe so. Yeah. Yeah. Because I just, yeah, yeah. That's, that's probably uh, the right way of looking, you know, the right way of of explaining it. And that's totally understandable. I mean, if you, you know, if you viewed her in that way, I'm sure no one would have a hard time understanding why you would, you know, why you would feel that way. The other part of my question is you said that once you kind of came to grips that she was able to separate sex from love. And you knew that emotionally she wasn't going to be unavailable to you. But in talking to her, for her, the emotional connection with her bulls is very important. In fact, during her interview, she even referred to her bulls as her boyfriend on more than one occasion. So like I've met a lot of wives in this lifestyle and, and I find it fascinating how they each approach their dynamic with their bulls differently. Some women are very casual, you know, and that's what works for them. Some women are, 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 are more intense where they actually have a relationship with their bull that 
is it's not on the level that they have with their husband, but it's not super casual either. It's kind of it kind of exists in this in this middle ground. And from listening to Kennedy, it it seems like that's the the realm that she likes to play in. So my question to you is how did you reconcile with that as you guys started to get into this understanding that she wasn't going to fall in love with the guy, but at the same time, it was more than just a one night stand as well. So she, she commented earlier and, and uh, that's how I recall it, that when she would need bulls because she is, you know, by definition, we didn't know what it was at the time, a true queen of spades. I mean, she's never been with anyone but a black men. Mm-hmm. And she's, you know, 99%, uh, you know, committed to that. I mean, she could, who knows, tomorrow she could meet some amazing, you know, white man. That, right, you know, right. Her off with but initially, she didn't really want to have any type of a connection. Or, you know, she always was attracted to somebody intellectually with what I know of today as a sapiosexual. Right, right. She had to have, an, a, 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 you know, an emotion, not an emotional, but at least a, she had to feel she was intellectually connected to someone and that they could communicate and speak and, and had something to say and thoughts and were vocal sexually, which is what she really enjoys. She loves, you know, talking and, and, and you know, and, and nasty, saying nasty things. But... Um, that transitioned, and that's an interesting question because what I've noticed, I mean, she's had a consistent, steady, you know, boyfriend for the last five years Mm -hmm. and, you know, only in the last three and a half years have they, you know, just because they're loyal to each other, they, you know, have they only played, you know, bareback, right. And now he exclusively, you know, owns her and she doesn't really play with anybody else for the most part. I mean, she's, she's met other people, but, um, and so, and she's developed in my opinion and something that, you know, I've heard her comment on and something that from my perspective, I'm, I'm seeing now has evolved because, you know, initially she didn't want to really get to know anybody, but now she does want to get to know somebody wants. She wants to know who they are as a person. She wants to know what they're about. And it's about quality, not quantity anymore. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I see her having a little bit of an emotional connection with, you know, with her current bull, which has been her boyfriend in five years. And I, I think it's beautiful. I think it's erotic. I think it makes, you know, her feel better. I mean, she just played two days ago and, and, and they had a beautiful, beautiful time together. And, and, and I saw it and she expressed it and he expressed it. And, and it's, you know, that's the beauty of it for us. I mean, that's, that's our interpretation, but I think that's evolved. And I don't know that she's going to find that with everybody. And I'm not intimidated by it because I don't think she's going to you know, leave me or anything like that. I mean, I, I, I don't think, I know she wouldn't, but, but I, I think that emotional connection, intellectual connection has evolved for her as a person, as a, as, as a woman and as a queen of spades. Okay. So let me kind of uh, backtrack a little bit. When I was talking to her and she was saying how, you know, basically you've been sharing her for 15 years of your 23 year marriage. So, and that cuckolding has been a part of it for seven. So my question for you is like, I asked her when cuckolding first started to, to make an appearance. 
And, you know, did she recognize something or was it that you told her or that you said something to her? And she said that you said something to her. So my question to you is, when did cuckolding first land on your radar? Like, can you even recall the moment where you read something or saw a video or read something in a form, something where you were like, oh, cuckolding, that's interesting. What is that? Like, when did it, it get on your radar? So I don't know the defining moment. I can't pinpoint it to a singular moment. It was, mm-hmm. it was a personal evolution. I would read a lot about it. I was definitely fascinated by the psychological aspect. I was, you know, very introspective and, and very, you know, self-analyzing, if you will, of, of how how I felt this way and why I felt this way. And I remember reading articles to her and, and she would maybe initially respond almost indifferently, but they resonated with me and I was incredibly turned on, you know, by them. And more and more, I just found myself like I I couldn't get enough of it. The more and more I've, I read and learned and, and frankly, I'm, I'm thankful for what you've done. I mean, you've really championed bringing communication and bringing awareness to people because if when we had first started, we had heard about this podcast or listened to the work that you've put into this, which has been amazing, it, it would have emotionally helped us navigate this a lot sooner. And, you know, I mean, so many times guys will reach out to Kennedy on, on, you know, uh, friend, adult friend finder, which is our only site that we, you know, really on. Mm-hmm. And they'll, they'll say, Hey, how do you get, you know, get my wife into the cuckolding life, you know, into cuckolding and she wants to be black only. And, and she'll respond and say, why don't you just start by talking to her? Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, 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 I think that eludes a lot of men. Because oh, absolutely. They, they, she does. They, they, they just, they just forget that. But uh, to answer your question, there's no singular moment I can say. I was just fascinated by, um, by several books, several, you know, numerous articles that I had read, um, several websites that I had read. There's a lot of great resources out there that help you kind of understand. And, and it's biological. I mean, it's just, you know, what I I firmly believe it is a f- biological fact that women evolve. Women have, as we all know, a, a greater sexual capacity than, than a man. Right, right. And that biologically, you know, black men have a physical stamina and biological gift that white men do not have, generally speaking. It's, a, it's, not, a, it's not an if. Mm-hmm. And so... I, I viewed it as if if my wife could enjoy this, which she had, you know, she felt she did, you know, why not let it naturally transition to something that could make her happy? Because I was just so in love with my wife, and I enjoyed nothing more than to see her happy and satisfied and pleased. And that, you know, and I and I was just unable to live up to a lot of those sexual things that, you know, that I noticed that. You know, she she was just you know she became insatiable at times, and 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 she is at this time you know at this day she's insatiable in many ways, and I can't satisfy her. I don't have the physical ability to satisfy her in that way. And it's not like I'm a you know an old person, but right. you know I'm middle aged, but but um, you know it's just I've seen her you know playing with bulls, and I've seen her in her long term relationship, and I've seen her have threesomes with you know with with bulls, and I mean it's. She's a very, you know, she, she's an amazing woman and, and, uh, and just, I'm just fascinated by her sexual ability. It's like, I, I heard a podcast one time of yours where there was a cuck on that commented. He said, I think I, he said, 
he analogized it to owning a Ferrari mm-hmm. and being able to give the keys out to, you know, an experienced Formula One driver because they're a better driver than you are. And I I really like that because that's kind of how I feel. Right. I, I don't I don't have the instruction manual on this Ferrari. Mm-hmm. I've given the keys away to, to to other men to be able to, you know, give her what she needs and drive that car the way that it should be driven. Okay, so something that she brought up that I found very interesting because I'd, I'd, I'd never heard of that approach before, and I'm just kind of curious to to understand more about your thought process going into it. The stripper thing. What made you try that? <laughs> like, what, what, what were you trying to accomplish? I mean, I have an idea what you were trying to accomplish, but I want my listeners to hear it coming from you what were you trying to accomplish with that? Like, what was your thought process behind that? She, she had commented at that point, you know, she found black men attractive. Mm-hmm. I mean, to, to this day now, I mean, she, you know, it's interesting. We've found this interesting shift where she just notices that only black men seem to notice her, which is a beautiful thing. And, and but at that point in time and, and, you know, uh, she had commented that she found them physically attracted. She just was, you know, physically found them, um, captivating. Right. And the only way that I could think of in my mind to introduce in a nonchalant way, someone to, uh, you know, to, 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 to come and, and, you know, and, you know, dance for her and try to, you know, in some way, you know, see if she would respond sexually was that way Mm -hmm. because, you know, I couldn't, I I didn't feel it was fair. And I felt she would be furious with me to just spring some, you know, these guys, I've read articles about guys going, Oh, I, I just met some guy and I've arranged this whole meeting tonight and he's going to meet with my wife and fuck her, but they've never met. They've never spoken. And and he's just going to show up at our door. And that's a terrible idea. That's just a recipe for disaster. So I figured, by 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 you know by bringing a stripper into the equation it 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 i figured that it would change the dynamic up and that you know if she took the bait she took the bait great and and you know uh she did and it was you know it was it was pretty cool you know so so let me ask you this that answered your question <laughs> she 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 said that her first experience was was you know was having a little exchange with a stripper how many did you go through before that time happened? Like how many encounters did she have where all she did was watch and maybe get a lap dance, or whatever, and nothing sexual happened. Like how many of those happened before her first sexual encounter took place? Four. Okay. And so it was four. I, I really- and then the fifth time it happened or it happened on the fourth time. On the fifth time. Okay. And, it was interesting because I just learned from each experience. Um, you know, she laughed it off the first three times. Right. I mean, she just, because the guys showed up and either they were, you know, out of shape or just didn't care about their personal appearance as much. And, you know, they represented themselves or the agency represented themselves as the, you know, the, the, the gentleman that was showing up to, to strip for her was, you know, a certain guy and, and anyhow, but, uh, the fourth time that changed, and the fifth time, you know, I made it very clear when I hired the stripper. I said, "Look, he he needs to be 
you know, he needs to be at least this height. He needs mm-hmm. to be attractive. He needs to be in shape. He's got to be, you know, he's got to be, uh, you know, you knew what you wanted. Standard you knew what guy. you wanted. I knew what I wanted. I knew what I, you know, just trial and error. Right. And the guy showed up and he had green eyes. He was like five eleven. He was in great shape. He wasn't hairy. He took pride in his personal appearance and had green eyes. He was very distinct looking and, she was immediately turned on by him. And I, and I just, I was like, wow, this is, this is amazing. So it was just, I think a trial and error. So one of the things that I like to, to, to kind of get into a husband's head about, so that fifth time comes and after all of your suggesting and planning and everything that you put into this, you're standing there or sitting there and you're looking at your wife and that stripper at some point in the night had his dick in her mouth and you were watching your wife with another man's dick in her mouth and a black more specifically a black man's dick in her mouth. What did you feel? Like, what do you remember feeling at that moment? Like everything that you've been trying to make happen, all the baby steps, all the, the trial and error and all the reading and all the videos and all the conversations like here it is. It, it's it's happening right in front of you. Like, what do you, what do you remember about that? So that's a really interesting question because I remember literally he pulled, you know, his, his, you know, his G string down. He had like a G string or thong. I don't know. Remember like, the, you the know, banana whatever. hammock, <laughs> but yeah, banana hammock, whatever this guy was wearing. And, she took his cock and he had a beautiful cock and she took his cock and, and she looked at me and I'll never forget it. Michael, she looked at me and said, are you sure you're okay with this? She was almost asking me for permission. I'll never forget it. And I looked at her and I said, of course, I love you. I said, enjoy yourself. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting is, is that after this experience, you know, it was great. We enjoyed it. I, I didn't feel any like, oh my God, you know, this is the love of my life. And she just, you know, sucked another guy's cock. But this is going to sound really odd, but shortly thereafter, I remember I bought her um, uh, a, a, a really large black toy, black dildo. Mm-hmm. And we had always played with toys. And I can remember distinctly fucking her with her, with this, with this dildo. And her going and talking to her about this experience with the stripper. And I had never seen her come that hard in my life. And she admitted that she had never come that hard ever. And what's the strangest of all is I remember the next day feeling like, oh my God, what did I do? And, and it was so conflicting and weird because she just, I thought, man, did I, it was weird. So I went through a little bit of a, maybe a, a 48 hour, it was very brief, 48 hour, almost identity crisis where I was like, my God, did I open up Pandora's box? Am I going to regret this? What did I do? I mean, I fucked her with this giant dildo, black dildo and talked to her about this stripper who's, you know, whose cock she sucked and who she was attracted to. And she got off harder than she ever had. What did I do? Mm-hmm. But I talked to her about it. I didn't just hold those feelings in and express how I felt and, she made me feel better about it. And, you know, we just chalked it up to an experience, a sexual experience. And I moved on. So from that point on, it was, 
I, I really never just, I was more just fascinated by, you know, uh, the experience. Wonderful. Wonderful. Now she, she said something um, earlier that I, I was wanting to kind of get your take on, because I'm, I'm wondering how it looked from your perspective. I, I'm fascinated. I'm fascinated by perspectives. She said that in the beginning and for the first few years, she couldn't get out of her own head. Like it, it's funny when she was explaining it to me, <laughs> it almost sounded like somebody who had smoked weed and got paranoid. You know, <laughs> like you're 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 want, you're afraid of everything. You know, you think that people can notice and that they can smell it. And what am I going to do? And oh my god! And you know, like you're you're making the situation in your head so much worse than it actually is. And she said that she was in her head a lot like that when she first started this. So my question to you is, A, did you notice it? And B, how did you help her come to grips with it? Or did you feel powerless to help her? So I would only notice it after the fact because, you know, what I've learned after, you know, being with a lot of women in my life mm -hmm. is that women, you know, if guys don't realize this, have an amazing ability to fake an orgasm just to get it over with. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, <laughs> some men think just by climbing in missionary and, and, you know, blowing their load after 40 seconds that a woman's satisfied. No, I mean, I encourage all men, especially cucks to learn how to please a woman. I mean, and, it's, 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 know, it's, a, it's, a, it's a numbers game. You know, every guy thinks that it, a woman has never faked on him, yet a large percentage of women said that they fake it. So somebody's wrong. <laughs> I tend, it, to, and I tend to believe the women. Yeah, I believe the women. It, so. it's, it's, you're 100% correct. And so, and I can tell you, prior to meeting Kennedy, um, you know, I'm, I, I consider myself a fairly attractive guy. I... Um, I probably slept with 150 women in my life, mm -hmm. 200 women maybe. And so, um, and so anyhow, I, to answer your question, cause I don't want to lose focus here. Um, after the fact, she would tell me she faked coming. And so I was like, wow, that was beautiful. And I thought you enjoyed yourself. I'm so sorry that you didn't come and that they weren't able to make you come. And, and I think that's because she felt that as an out of body experience and just, you know, felt it as a sexual moment, but didn't really passionately enjoy it mm -hmm. because maybe she was doing it for me. But once she gave herself permission as a woman to enjoy, you know, enjoying the pleasures of sex and emotion and, and, and not even emotion, but just the pleasure of sex and chemistry, intellectual chemistry with somebody it changed. It definitely changed. So you and noticed it. You now, noticed that change. I noticed it. I noticed it. And now she comes regularly with her boyfriend and, and it's a beautiful thing. And I, you know, even when her and I were consistently having sex and I was still able to penetrate her and hold out for longer than 30 seconds, uh, there was a point where I used to be able to make her come, but that changed. And, you know, now her bull can make her come and it's great. And, uh, you know, that, that 
yeah, I did notice it. I did notice that change once she quit doing it for me and did it more for herself. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a beautiful thing because that's what it should be. I mean, I would feel terrible. Um, it probably would have evolved for us in a different way. And if she was strictly doing it for me and just going through the motions, that's not fun. That's not fun for her. It's not, no, not I want her to be genuine, to be, be passionate about it and, and want it and have a lover and, and be satisfied. I mean, you know, she's the love of my life. She deserves that. And that's, that's actually why I always make it a point to uh, ask the wives that question because I know that, that it's very common you know, that in the beginning they're, they're doing this for their husband and understandably so. But I know that things go to another level. Things really take off when she gets to that point where she accepts it, like you say, gives herself permission to enjoy it and starts to embrace being able to enjoy it. You know, and it's it's beautiful to see. Like when you see it happening, you know it's 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 fantastic to see. But it's not easy for women to get to that point. It, it takes time. Yeah, I mean, I, I have to admit that only recently, as crazy as that sounds, have I realized that pushing on her and saying, "Why don't you wear the queen of spades around your neck? Why don't you get?" Uh, a queen of spades tattoo on your ass because she, she wears a temporary one often, mm-hmm. you know, has only, all it does is push her away from it. And, and I've now realized that it isn't that she isn't interested in doing those things, but it has to be her idea. It can't right. be the cuck's idea. And I mean, she recently decided she wants to get, you know, her clip pierced and that was her idea. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it, it, I think it's great, you know, and, and because it's her idea. So I've crossed a point where I've realized that, you know, I can do my best to try to, you know, offer options, if you will. That's our new word, options, but not say, hey, honey, why don't you do this? Or, hey, honey, why don't you call this guy? Or why don't you do this? I have to just say, look, this guy reached out to you. He sent a verified Facebook, which so many men fail to realize that. <clears throat> not providing verified face pics is just a waste of everybody's time. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'll send her this information. I'll say, Hey, here's an option. And you know, that, that giving the empowerment to her because I enjoy and I, and I, and I realize I am sexually submissive to her. She is, she's more powerful than I am sexually. I may be more powerful in other ways, but, but certainly not sexually. And I, I've conceded to that. I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. And it brings her joy and it brings me joy. So, um, yeah, I, I, it's, um, it's, a, it's a good place to be when you are honest with yourself and can acknowledge and accept these things and, and do things, you know, um, and, and do things from, from the right place, not for your own. Cause cuckolds as men, you know, we cuckolds, you know, cuckled angst and cuckled, you know, you know, we get so excited about things and certain ideas and we just jump to, you know, we want to jump the gun all the time, but it's not the right way to approach it as difficult as it is. No, absolutely. Absolutely. So one of the things that I, that I wanted to bring up with you with, with, you know, we're, we're into November and 
so obviously October just passed. So I, you know, and I just did that whole series on, on chastity. And I know that she told me that chastity, it, it, it doesn't play a major role, but it does play a role in, in, in your dynamic. So one of the things that I'm curious about, and I'd like my listeners to kind of hear you talk a little bit about is emotionally, what, what does that feel like to be locked up? You know, to know that you're not just limited mentally, but now you're limited physically as well, as far as how you can respond to a situation. And knowing that you're locked up for her, like you're doing this for her. Like as almost like as an, an a, a show of your love and your commitment for her. So, yeah. Initially, when it started, I, I would lock myself up as exactly what you just said, as a as a way to demonstrate to Kennedy that I had self control. Mm-hmm. Demonstrate that I not only had self control, but to demonstrate that if I traveled on business that I could demonstrate self-control and not jack off, you know, in my hotel room twice a night, you know, <laughs> right. And at, at her videos and photos, because I don't even watch porn anymore. I just, you know, I have, I have a front row seat to a porn star and mm-hmm. it's my wife. And so it, it was a demonstration to her of, of my affection for her and my commitment to her. And because she knows that I would never be with another woman, um, that that's established at this point and has long been established. But I think for me, um, how did I feel emotionally? How do I feel emotionally? I feel subdued emotionally. I feel controlled emotionally. I feel like I'm, doing my best to demonstrate to her that look, I am sexually inferior and I know it, you know, on, on my best day, I've got, you know, seven inches to work with, which is better than some, right? but it's not 10 inches like, you know, her, her long-term bull. Right. And, and those three inches and make and a I difference. <laughs> all of it makes a difference. I'm also not black and, you know, and, and so, you know, all of it makes a difference. So it's, it's kind of a way to demonstrate to her Mm -hmm. that she is more powerful sexually and to remind her of that and that she has the control. My challenge is as a cuckold is, is that I have not learned yet. I, I become, you know, as Kennedy said, I, I, I kind of feel like, like a puppy dog after four or five days, I, I lose focus. I can't sleep at night. I toss and turn. I, I have to have a release. Mm-hmm. So we're working on ways to try to work on ruined orgasms and improve that a little bit um, because she wants to deny me ultimate release to, you know, to some degree. And, you know, um, you know, earlier you commented about, you asked her how often I get, you know, I get to, to, to penetrate her. And I remember commenting to her and we did it successfully for a while. I would say, Hey, look, you know, um, I, you know, can we try to be pussy free this month? I want to try to be pussy free this month. And, and we would honor it and she would play with her bowl. 
you know, at that time, or was, you know, you know, at the time, you know, when we first started that, that approach, because I did, I wanted to demonstrate some self-control. I didn't want everything to be just about me and about my sex, right? because I wasn't satisfying her. And you didn't want her just so go through emotions. I didn't want her to go through the motions. And so for me, it's reached a point where the longest I've been able to, to stay in chastity, and maybe I haven't found the right cage, but you know, obviously hygiene and wearing it and sleeping it and being comfortable in it and being able to urinate in it, you know, and all those things, having it be part of your body. I mean, the longer you wear it, I would imagine the more you become comfortable, but, um, it, it's still an, an evolving thing for us. And I don't, you know, who knows? We have no idea at this point how it's going to evolve. Okay. Well, definitely, definitely. Thank you for, you know, for, for sharing that. So she was telling me, or telling us because my listeners are are listening or will be listening about you know certain aspects of 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 cuckolding that that you guys enjoy and one of the things that is is seldom talked about on my podcast but she brought it up and so I, I wanted to kind of take advantage of the opportunity to talk about it you know being that you guys are are so willing to be honest and talk about it she was talking about you. Uh, servicing her bulls and she said that it was initially her idea and let me just tell you what I what I see when I when I listen to you talk and I've encountered cucks like you before where you know for whatever reason I'm not I'm not going to go into the reason it's it's just something that I've come to to accept as one of those perception equals reality type things where this is the way that you see things. And so to you, it's very real. And that is, there seems to be a certain amount of reverence for lack of a better word and how you view black men. And so when she told you that she wanted to see this, it almost was like giving you an outlet as a way to display said reverence. Would you say that that's accurate or inaccurate? That's a really fascinating commentary and something I've never really given much thought to, but yes, I mean, I have an admiration and a deep respect for black men because black people in general have been treated as second class citizens in this, you know, in, in the United States and, Culturally, we have a deep history of, mm-hmm. of 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 segregation and 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 intolerance and and blatant racism, and uh, it's founded in ignorance. It's founded in 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 cultural ignorance, and it's and it's you know racism isn't taught. It's it's I'm sorry, it's not. It, you're not born right. Racist. It's not inherited. It's, like it's not in your genes. It's like you said, it's taught. It's something that you learn from those around you. Exactly. And so there is a reverence to it and there's an admiration for, um, you know, her, her bull is, is, is a successful professional. Um, he, you know, and, and, and it's not that that's the measure of someone. Right. No, I, 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 I
there's a reverence because they are superior physical people to white men. And I believe that I, mm-hmm. I genuinely believe it. Uh, you know, and so, yes, I mean, I, I believe it's my job to, you know, and one thing my queen asks me to do. And one and, thing that I want to say to kind of comment on what you just said, one thing that I want people to understand is what I always say, and this is why I went to the perception versus reality uh, comment is that, this is what you feel things in your life have led you to this point, And this is what you believe. And you are fortunate enough to have a woman in your life who, you know, who agrees with you, you know, who, who sees things the way that you see them. And to me, that is the most important part that the she two did it of, first, but she right. certainly does well, now. Yeah. But did you know that you're at this point, you know, I'm only speaking in, in the here and now, you know, and to me, that is the most important part because I, I'll guarantee you, there are going to be people who listen to this, who don't agree with what you're saying. And that's fine. My thing is you don't have to agree with it as long as you don't inhibit someone else's, ability to pursue that which they believe as long as it's not hurting anybody and you're not hurting anybody. This is what you believe and your, your, your wife is in lockstep with you and you guys are living your best life. But the question that it brings to mind is when she told you that this is what she wanted to do. And she said that your response was, um, if I remember correctly, basically do you think it'll be okay? So had the thought crossed your mind before she ever brought it up? Probably not. No. So the no. first, I mean, time I, it, I, I it felt pops- I felt a respect. Mm-hmm. I've always felt a respect for, you know, for black people, men and women, not just black men, but just a respect. You know, just, just, you know, white privilege is a real thing, you know, because you're not born, you know, you're, there's no guarantee what you're born as. And, right. And, and it's, it's a very real thing. And, and, um, you know, a friend of mine who is a bull, uh, of Kennedy's has said, we're still friends with, but don't play with often said, I could, I could be born in Beverly Hills and, you know, get pulled over and I'll be treated differently because I do get pulled up, you know, over in Beverly Hills and this is a real scenario. Right. And I get treated differently than, you know, than if the individual I'm driving with is in the driver's seat and they're white, it's a different experience. And, and, um, and that's just a reality. Yeah. And, I mean, I... and so I didn't feel that reverence and I didn't recognize that prior to her saying, are, are you okay with this? So let me ask you, when she, when she told you that she wanted you to do this, was there a part of you that was thankful for being given the opportunity? Because obviously you would never do it if she didn't want it. But the fact that she wanted it gave you permission to open that door. So were you, was there a part of you that was thankful that she opened that door for you? 100%. That's fascinating. 100%. Because now, I, I, wanted, I, I wanted her to 
I think any cuck ultimately wants the person they love to do it for their own reasons. Right. Right. Now, just to to let people know, cause I mean, we, you know, I kind of shifted the focus of this interview. Uh, she's still sitting right there with you, right? Kennedy is. Hi. She is. <laughs> Hello, sexy. Um, so a question for you, just because I'm, I'm guessing that talking in this, in this manner, you know, obviously this is the first time that you're on my show, but I'm just kind of curious, like what's, what's going through your mind right now, sitting there listening to your husband talk about his intimate thoughts and, and things like that pertaining to you and how he feels about you and, and, and knowing that the world is going to hear this. Like, I'm just kind of curious as to what you're feeling in, in this moment. I think it's, um, I love that he's talking about it. I love that um, he feels comfortable sharing it. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that, um, what it's, I mean, I, there's nothing he said that he hasn't said to me. So everything he said, I, I know. Um, I feel like uh, we're blessed. We have an amazing relationship and marriage. And I hope that, um, I hope that we've helped maybe another couple. Oh, I know, can guarantee you that you have. <laughs> feel more comfortable sticking their toes into this amazing, um, this amazing lifestyle. And that they now have the courage to say, you know what, if they can do it, we can do it, you know? Um, But I, everything he's said, um, he's shared with me. So this is, we have, we have a beautiful, beautiful relationship. So. No, absolutely. Absolutely. I I already know that there's going to be a lot of feedback uh, to this particular episode because the two of you have said so much. You know, like there's 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 a lot to chew on uh, with 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 this particular episode. So I'm I'm anticipating there being uh, a, a lot of comments, a, a, a lot of feedback, and I know that that I'm 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 definitely going to have to have you you know you guys back. Like I said, I told you earlier that I want you back for your you know for your after party episode because there's there's a lot of naughtiness in you that I want to get to. You know, but, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to save that. I'm going to save that for another day, you know, but, um, I do have to be mindful of, of the time. And this is, you know, with the two of you, this has been, this has been a, a long episode, but I think it, it it's going to hold people's attention. Like, I think people are going to be surprised at how much time has, you know, has passed by. So I want to take this opportunity to, to, to thank you both. You know, when I when I do interviews like this, the way that I do them, I know that there are things that I forget to get to. You know, I know that people are like, oh, man, you should have asked them this, <laughs> you know, and what I'm going to start to do is maybe do like a follow up where I let people kind of submit the things that they wish I would have asked. So it kind of gives me an opportunity and an excuse to bring you back uh, for multiple episodes. You know, but this is this is how I do them. You know, I just I, I just like to let things kind of happen organically. And I, I think 
as you're talking and I respond to things that you say while you're talking and, and you know, that's, that's just the way that I, I prefer to do them. But, um, I want to thank you both for, for coming on the show, you know, for, for being so honest. And one thing that I do want to say to, to Scott, before I let you guys get out of here, the same question that I posed to her, you know, what, there, there, there are there are guys listening to this who they want to be where you are, but they don't know quite how to get there. So, you know, what would your advice be for those husbands who are like, you know, how do I tell her this? And is she going to think I'm crazy? Is she going to think I'm weird? Is she going to think that I don't love her? You know, how do I convey to her? what I want and why I want it without it affecting, you know, the love that we have for each other. What would you, what would you say to those husbands that are, that are dealing with that now? Be patient, be brutally honest, but most of all, be patient because men, as we all know, they think with, you know, cocks especially think with their little heads. Um, and they forget that things take time, just like they've invested a lot of time in their relationship with their partner. And, and presumably their you know, their, 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 their spouse, their wife, their girlfriend, whatever, they have to invest time into this and you got to work at it. And eventually, you know, that that's how you get there. It's not an overnight thing. You know, sadly, it's not just, hey, overnight, you figure out all your emotions and navigate it all. It's not uh, it's not as easy. And everybody wishes that they could just say, oh, you're, here's the magic, you know, pill to fit, you know, to get you there. Mm-hmm. It's, it's that's that's not reality. And you could watch all the cuckold porn you want, which is not reality. <laughs> and 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 uh, it's it's about as far from it as you can get. And reassure your wife that you love her and that you believe that that this is a beautiful thing that you could offer to her. Well, yeah. Th- well yeah. thank you both very much, uh, Scott and Kennedy for, uh, for finally being able to get you on the show. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I said, it's, it's, it, this has been, uh, you know, in the making for, for quite some time. So I'm, I'm, I'm thankful that, we were finally able to, to, you know, to find the time to make it happen. And, you know, I know that people are going to enjoy this and I'm, I, I always look forward to hearing what the reaction is. So I want to thank you both. Uh, anything in closing that you guys want to say, you know, to me, to my listeners, anything while you still have the mic. I just want to say thank you, Michael. I think that you're helping people. You're like, um, Spreading, spreading good, you know, just so much goodness through, you know, <laughs> to, to people that, you know, are scared, curious, open, closed, frightened, whatever. Just you're, you're, you're doing a great service to a lot of couples and a lot of people. And, um, and I want to thank you for giving us the time to share our experiences. And I hope it, it helps. Oh no! It, it definitely will. It definitely will. And, and you, Scott, anything you want to? Crazy. So hopefully, I know this has been long for you, but but you know, and longer than your typical podcast. Oh no, no, so. no! It's no, it's you're, it's right on schedule because it's two people. So I like to give each person about an hour. So no, you're yeah. you're right on schedule. 
I got gotcha. you. I have my so, timer here, so we're good. Okay. Well, I was I was gonna, you know, hopefully it's not too difficult of an editing job for you. You know, you know, this was all we we spoke from the heart, and I just frankly, you know, one of the reasons that we're Patreon supporters and supporters of your podcast and you is. You know, culturally, all you have to be is a student of history to know that in Europe, people are less sexually um, repressed, Mm -hmm. inhibited. In the United States, there's a culture of sexual inhibition and, 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 you know, disdain or, you know, an opinion that's formed of people that are open or in touch sexually. And I, I would go as far out on a limb as to say that there are more cuckolds and queen of spades out there. I believe in black superiority. I believe that, that I just believe that there are more men out there, more wives that secretly know this and feel this way, but aren't even remotely in touch with their own feelings to understand or be able to give it a name or a feeling. And so what your work is doing Mm -hmm. is spreading the word and bringing an awareness to it to help people through that. And I think it's, it's beautiful what you're doing and, you're, you're an ambassador of, of the lifestyle and, you know, I, I really commend you for what you're doing. So cheers. Well, thank you. Thank you both very much. And like I said, again, thank you for, uh, for your honesty, you know, your candidness and, you know, uh, sharing your journey. I'm sure that, you know, that it will help some people and I'm sure that it'll, it'll spark some, some debate and some conversations, which I always welcome. And um, I just want to say thank you for for coming on the show and thank you to my listeners, uh, my Patreon supporters. Of course, you get this first, you know, hopefully, you know, more people will become, you know, Patreon supporters. I mean, those are the people who make it possible for me to do this, you know, and I'm I'm not really one to go out and try to campaign too much to get people to become supporters. My thing is hopefully you respect what I do and you like what I do and you appreciate and value what I do and you want to see me continue doing it. You know, my way of looking at it is if my show left tomorrow, would you care? If your answer is no, then you're not going to become a Patreon supporter. If your answer is yes, then maybe you should become a Patreon supporter, you know? Um, so that way I, you can kind of guarantee that I can, I can continue doing what I do. So, For all my listeners, I'm your host, Michael C. This has been another episode of the Keys and Anklets podcast. I want to thank you all very much, and I will see you when I see you. Thank you.